Welcome to Deep Dives with ISPU, a podcast by the Institute for Social Policy and Understanding. If you've opened a newsletter, seen a tweet, or received a piece of mail from us this year, you may know we're celebrating something very special, our 20th anniversary. That's 20 years of working toward an America where Muslims are thriving and equal. ISPU has certainly evolved through the years, but one thing has remained the same. The group of committed, invested, visionary people who founded us have walked alongside us, helping to shepherd our organization and community towards that world we envision. In today's episode, you'll hear from one of the people most instrumental in the formation and ongoing success of ISPU, our co-founder and board chair emeritus, Dr. Iltifat Hamzabi, interviewed by ISPU Executive Director, Mira Nagaz. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Mayara Nagaz, ISPU's Executive Director and today's host of Deep Dives with ISPU. Today, we're welcoming to the podcast one of ISPU's visionaries, our board chair emeritus, Dr. Iltifat Hamzavi. As someone there from the very beginning, we're asking Iltifat to share early memories, lessons learned, and dreams for the future. He'll help us answer some key questions. Where did ISPU come from and where are we going? Welcome, Iltifat. It's so great to have you join us today. It's so nice to always hear your voice, Myra, and, uh, and and thank you for taking the time to kind of look back in time. Absolutely. We've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. So a huge warm welcome from all of us at ISPU. So let's dive in. I want to hear from you. You know, if we had a time machine and we could sort of go back two decades now that we're celebrating our 20th year, I want to, you know, ask you, what were those first conversations about founding an organization like ISPU like? What was the need that you and your fellow founders identified and how did this come about? I think all things that happen in life, uh, it wasn't just one conversation, um, but there was a seminal event and that was the attacks of 9-11, which um, obviously were devastating and, and there's a tragic loss of life. And there's also this tremendous concern and, uh, and, and biases that were unleashed through that event. And uh, what drove it was the data that was coming out or the stories of the news clips are coming out about American Muslims. And you can put any ethnic or religious group in those clips and you can just see the biases of the dominant society coming out against this community. And a lot of us who grew up in, in the United States, especially in Michigan, where ISU started, belonged to communities that were very caring. We were very much integrated into American society, very much appreciated the towns and the cities in Michigan and Detroit area. And that was not who we were. The stories of Muslims being, you know, 85% of the mosques being terrorist organizations and the challenges of respect for authority and government structures and undermining U.S. democracy and all those things just weren't true. But then we also knew that there were definitely elements within broader Muslim environments that were problematic. And how do you differentiate those? But also, how do you tell your story in a way that doesn't undermine the suffering of people who have just passed away in the towers, um, as well as not take over the narratives of other groups that suffered greatly? And uh, and so it was by conversing with scholars like Saeed Khan and, and others kind of gave us some insight into saying, well, we probably need to have a place where the data is generated by people where Muslims have representation. But, uh, but also not be a place that is only from the Muslim community because biases can creep in. And, uh, and so those conversations started 
back after that time of how do you develop a true mirror, a, a mirror that actually represents the American Muslim community. And at the time, it was the global Muslim community. And very soon, within a few years, we realized we can't do that. And then how do you build a team that is diverse, that can actually be focused on that mission? And so it wasn't one event, but one event catalyzed it. And, uh, and then that's how we kind of came to this point. That's great, Iltafat. I've heard, um, you know, about these early days many times, but every time I hear you or, uh, you know, someone else who was involved in those early days talk about it, I learn something a little bit new or, or get some more nuance. So it's great to hear about that again. And, you know, I imagine when you um, and, and your fellow founders and others who were involved in the early days were having these conversations, you probably had, or, you know, thinking about this, you probably had a vision of what ISP would look like or what you had hoped for 20 years on. So can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, what, what were you dreaming of 20 years on from the founding? So it's amazing. Some of the dreams we had kind of came to fruition. So it wasn't just the goal. The goal was ultimately to get good data on American Muslims, as well as so many steps along that, tell stories about American Muslims, talk about the global Muslim community and its contributions to the world, but also the challenges that we're having. And then the process by which we wanted to do it was we wanted to be inclusive. Yes, we were focused on the American Muslim community, but we wanted all Americans to be part of it. And it wasn't, it, the intent of having diversity was built into ISPU. And uh, it started off with gender diversity, because at the time, a lot of the leadership in the Muslim community was, was male. And uh, we were seeing all these tremendously talented Muslim women who wanted to come on board. And then we also wanted Christian and Jewish and Hindu and, and other partners from different communities who had done this before for their own communities, but as well as finding that second identity of being an American. And so having a vision, but also making sure the process is one of diversity and then having high standards. Objective, surprisingly, 20 years later, is not a core term. It seems like people are always finding the narrative now, but we do believe that there's an absolute truth and data can kind of get you to that point. And so we want to get good data that was objective, but we built that we, we felt that we had to get a sense of purpose and camaraderie in the community of people who would oversee that and do the work. The other element that we wanted to make sure about, and this was advised by some of our initial scholars, was you got to make sure the funders are distinct from the academic researchers because there's a tremendous bias that's built into that. And, uh, and so when you're a stigmatized community, you often want to tell very positive stories. Well, that's not any human community. No human community is perfect. And, uh, and then on top of that, when you have a particular donor, they may have an uh, unstated or unconscious bias or maybe sometimes conscious bias towards an outcome. We also couldn't do that. And so having people who care about these communities, but also care about the process. And then the third component was caring about each other. ISP, we always wanted it to be a community. And people don't always associate survey work, data work, well-informed opinions with a sense of community. Um, but this is very tough work. And nonprofits true nonprofits where the mission is much more important than the balance sheet, those are very hard to build without a sense of community. And so we had a pretty clear vision of trying to get data about American Muslims, but we want it to, to be from a diverse community 
that also had a sense of community among themselves. And, uh, and, I, and I believe that we achieved those uh, three objectives over time. And, 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 and again, there's so much struggle just being human. Being part of a shared community really makes it so much uh, more meaningful. And 20 years out, I still count the initial founders and board members and staff of ISPU as very, very close friends. And, uh, and so, you know, those are some of the initial conversations and some of the, uh, the, the, the three themes that we had in the beginning. Super helpful for me to understand, too, as the current executive director, as I kind of shepherd this organization through the current years. I think, you know, I hope that we've realized some of those dreams. I think we still have a little ways to go, but I think we're still following that same path and those same values that you and and your fellow founders uh, established ISPU with. So kind of in the same vein, I'm just wondering, you know, from these first 20 years, is there something that you're most proud of? There's so much to be proud of with ISPU. Um, I'm very proud of you, Myra. I helped hire you. So, you know, obviously, Dali Magahid, um, you know, the, the, the staff, Rahan Latif, uh, Shreen Zaman. I, I, I shouldn't mention too many names because there's so many great people who have come out of the ISPU staff. Very proud of them. I'm really proud of the board structure. Um, I'm really thankful to have had Saima Siddiqui as a vice chair, and then she replaced me as a board chair. And then, um, and then, you know, uh, Mustafa came in after her, and then Marwa now is the board chair. But that nominations governance process, which is very mundane and tedious, was very much developed by Mohib Murray and, and uh, with support from Mazin Espahi. And these things, they seem like they're tedious, but they actually help manage conflict. And they also help deal with human mortality. We cannot stay engaged in an organization at a level of passion that you need to. Um, but you want the values and the people to kind of transition. And so the people of ISPU and the staff level and the academic levels, I should mention all these great scholars who have done such great work are, are very meaningful to us. I'm very proud of that. I'm really proud of the fact that ISPU's governance is moving forward in a diverse fashion. And you're replacing people who have institutional vision with people who maintain that vision, but then add a set of new ideas and new relationships. And then the last component is just the relationships. I really feel there is an ISP family out there and the family's gotten a lot bigger, but whenever I'm in touch with the ISP community, I'm, I'm really excited to you know, see them and engage with them. But I'm also very, very clear. I am not on the board anymore. I'm not the board chair. Uh, I'm just a guy who happened to be in the beginning. And I really feel that despite the positions that people have in ISP, they also understand I have a position. And when that time ends, I go back to my normal position and I don't have a role to govern. It's really hard to maintain that transition while also kind of making your ego part of a collective. And as we've seen in our own country, um, if you don't have those norms built into you, it's very hard to have a great organization. And uh, these abilities to maintain all those human values of closeness and camaraderie while also allowing for transition and high quality work. And then of course, the most important thing is the quality of the work. The work has been transformative. It is the foundational basis of so many American organizations, not just um, Muslim organizations in the United States. And then obviously the capstone is to get that award for governance a couple of years ago. But the, the work has been tremendous. And, uh, and everywhere I go, even when I'm not, in, when I'm wearing my physician hat or my other organizational hat, I see ISPU data. 
and I smile a little bit. I'm like, oh, that came from ISPU. And so, so all those things I'm, I'm so proud of. You've watched ISP's trajectory for 20 years now, from a scrappy startup to the organization that it is today. What is your advice? And I think you just gave us some really good advice, but what is any additional advice you might have for other individuals at nonprofits um, in our space or beyond? You know, what are some of the key lessons that you have learned beyond what you've just shared, which I think is really vital and important? So have clarity on what you think the, the, the mission is in your own mind, and then try to make sure that you elucidate that mission with your fellow board members, but also check your ego at the door as much as you possibly can. Um, nonprofits are so impactful, but they do so much better when you have the confidence of your position, but you also allow your mind to hear the perspective of, of others. If you can create that hive brain, you can do so much more. And, um, and, and so, you know, have that clarity of mission, mission and vision, but discuss it and debate it and then check your ego at the door, but also have a confidence on your positions. And lastly, don't drop your standards. Even if you have no money, the money will follow. If the standards are high, you have the relationships, you produce the work. Uh, so many times uh, people would say, well, if we had more money, we could do it. As, actually, money is a secondary uh, element. It comes. I'm not saying that money is not critical to ISP. I do hope all the donors keep giving, but the work is the most important element. And the people who have a sense of the work, you will find as you kind of give up yourself, the work will really replace whatever sense of ego you might get from serving on these boards. Um, but it's a very, very hard process. Um, and for the staff, expect your board to kind of support you, but also expect the organization to have a high standard of, of, of performance. And then put all you can into the organization. And that collective sense, I think, will go so far if you can you know, do all those elements. But it starts from within. Yeah. And I have to say, as an executive director, you know, who's been around the block doing nonprofit work for 30 years, I've just tremendously benefited from all of what you just shared, from the strong governance structures to the ability to check your ego at the door and kind of create a a collective that's really all working towards the same goal. You know, ISP has gone through a lot of transitions at the board level and at the and at the staff level, both senior and junior, you know, leadership levels. And what remains is ISP at its core. You know, the people come and go. Um, and they're amazing people that come and go and everyone leaves their mark. But the organization is what what keeps standing. It's not about any one individual, whether board or staff. And I've really benefited from, from the wisdom that you just shared that I think you and all of your fellow early pioneers at ISPU um, really, really established very early on. My last question to you is, as we look towards the future, you know, we're in our 20th year, we are looking towards 20 and many, many more. What do you hope for? in these next 20 years? You know, ISP benefited so much for, from an American com community. I mean, our nonprofits across political and religious divides supported ISP, our Muslim communities, our non-Muslim communities across all those tapestry of countries supported ISP. But I'm also hoping ISP gives back because I think, and I've worked with other nonprofits since I left ISP and in the healthcare sectors, as well as within others, so the engagement fronts, the ISP has something to share. Um, the, the level of professionalism, the level of respect that people have for each other, 
um, and the quality of the work, if the country could kind of take those on, I think it'd be helpful. So I'm hoping ISPU can kind of do a, a virtual or, or, or maybe even a physical roadshow to talk about what you guys do so very, very well. And, um, and then the other element is the vision of an American Muslim community that is a thriving part of this beautiful pluralistic tapestry that we have in this country. I don't think we're there yet. And I don't think we're there for, for groups that also preceded us in this country. And again, I know American Muslims have been part of the tapestries from the founding, but um, our true impact didn't start happening until the 20th century. Well, until everybody feels that they're part of this incredible, dynamic, wonderful country, we haven't achieved our vision. But we can't lift the American Muslim community up until all communities are lifted up. And that's a very, very big lift. But I think Americans have broad shoulders and the world needs it. People look to America for so much and when we fall down, you know, everybody sees that. So I think that small piece that is ISPU, I believe, is part of the elixir that can heal some of the wounds of this country. I can't think of a better way to wrap, wrap up our conversation. And yeah, I just hope your vision comes true. I hope that we're a small part of that. And I hope that all of us collectively working together can make that a reality. Um, you know, as we wrap up, I do want to acknowledge that you and I and everybody else involved in ISPU and who benefits from ISPU, which is pretty much everybody, <laughs> um, that we're all really indebted to the many individuals who alongside you founded and helped make ISPU what it is today over the past 20 years. This includes your fellow founders and early pioneers, as well as the early visionary investors who supported what was then just a, a spark or an idea. All of our supporters along the way, our scholars, our uh, you know initial advisory board, our partners, our staff, our board, past and present, it just it really has taken a, a huge village to create um, and maintain this organization over so many years. So I know that you and I are in conversation today, but I do I know that we both would like to acknowledge the many, many other people who've been involved. So Iltifat, it's really just genuinely always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is totally remarkable to me that a small group of visionaries established this incredible organization that I am so proud to lead, um, you know, this day um, and that so many people benefit from today. So thank you so much for your, for your incredible part in that. Trust me, whatever I put into ISPU, I've gotten back uh, manifold. And also recognizing all the previous people and all the people we don't mention that touch this organization. I, I just wish we could acknowledge them, but I think they know. I hope so. <laughs> Whoever you yeah. are out there, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, and thank I'm, you to I'm, our I'm, listeners for joining us today for another episode of Deep Dives with ISPU. Thank you to Miera and Iltafat for such a personal and reflective conversation about the history of ISPU, how we got to where we are today, and where we may be going in the future. 2022 is ISPU's 20th anniversary. For more information on how to get involved, visit ispu.org backslash two zero years. That's 20 years. Keep an eye on our emails and social media for information about our in-person Michigan celebration on September 17th, as well as other ways you can celebrate this landmark anniversary with us. Thanks for tuning in to Deep Dives with ISPU. We'll see you next time.